2: I feel like we can
0: the table. I'm do You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, where we post all of our podcast content. And you can subscribe to Locked On Packers on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked On Packers, the number 1 Packers show in the state of Wisconsin, and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. We are back at it. It's Monday, and the combine is going to kick off in just a few days. Players are going to are starting to arrive in Indy probably already, getting set, getting hydrated, and and getting themselves ready to go for the most important job interview that they will ever probably in all likelihood ever engage in. So we're going to have uh, a conversation later in the week, hopefully uh, with John Ledyard, who is one of the hosts of Lockdown NFL Draft and uh, one of the founders, I believe, of the Draft Network, uh, which is a great website that I highly recommend you check out during draft season. And then Jason Hirshhorn, uh America's guest, is going to be here also later in the week uh, to talk about free agency and, and a host of different things. So Keep an eye out for that. If you're subscribed to the show, it doesn't matter. You're already you're there. You're locked in. You're locked on. Even didn't even didn't even mean to do that. It's just in my brain now. Uh, I we're gonna spend some time today. There's this really interesting idea that's been kicking around in my head, and it's premised on this idea of the Packers and their free agent pursuits. Uh, there have been a lot of fans who have sent me notes, sent me messages, been on Twitter talking about what a failure it would be if the Packers don't do X, Y, Z in free agency. And I just, I, I thought it was interesting to look at it that way. And and it's true. There are a number of big name players out there who could come in and and be really, really impactful for Green Bay, who could make this team Significantly better than it was last year, significantly better than it is right now. But what I wanted to look at is what if the worst happens? What if there's this sort of doomsday scenario where Frank Clark and Jadavian Clowney and D Ford and all of the top edge rushers don't hit the open market? They get franchise tagged or they get re signed. And Earl Thomas uh, is able to get a deal done with Dallas. And Clinton Spain and some of these other top offensive linemen, they go elsewhere they, they, on, on big money deals, let's say. And Green Bay strikes out. They don't, get, uh, they don't get a chance at any of these top free agents, not because they're not willing to pay, just because of circumstance. And then they're left with just middle and lower class free agents. Now, there are plenty of scenarios where they can; those stars are gone. And you don't have to worry because there are some quality. I mean, we talked about it on the show, especially at the need positions. At edge rusher, there are some really quality middle-class guys. At safety, there are quality middle-class guys. At guard, there are quality middle-class guys. And even, even those value guys could make this team better. There are three positions where Green Bay could sign just like moderate improvements, just value guys, low-money deals, slot them in as starters, and immediately be better? And what does their offseason look like if that's the case? How does it change their approach to what's going on? And, And let me start here. This is part of the reason why I have come around a little bit on the idea of Antonio Brown, because nothing in free agency is guaranteed. And we know in the draft, you have, to st- you have to trust your front office. You have to trust your scouts. You have to trust the process of drafting and developing. That is true. There is no guarantee when it comes to the draft. You don't know that you're going to find any good players. It could be 2015 all over again, and the Packers could come out of the draft with no good players, no second contract players, and now you're scrambling. You're behind. You have set your team back. Now, I'm not suggesting that is going to happen, that it's even remotely likely to happen. I don't think it is. I think this front office is really good. I think Brian Gudekinst is very smart and very capable, and that they're going to have at least a solid draft. They're going to find two or three players who can come in and, and compete for them, and we're going to get to that a little bit later. But what, what could a strikeout free agent class look like? Now, number one, there are a couple things that I think we have to talk about. We are only working on the current free agents. If TJ Lang is cut for cap purposes, Josh Sitton, there are are some guys that could become available. Nelson Aguilar, if he gets cut, who could turn into names on this list that we don't know about. But I'm just going off the, the names that are out there. What if Green Bay comes away from free agency just with Trey Boston as a new safety, James Carpenter as a new offensive lineman at guard, and Marcus Golden at outside linebacker? Where does that leave them? And a couple things with this. Number 1, we don't know the future of Nick Perry. So, we we can't we can't really say how much someone like Golden's impact is going to is going to affect this team, but Even if Nick Perry stays on the team, we have a pretty good idea based on Nick Perry's track record that Golden would have to play a significant number of snaps, whether it's as a starter or a rotation level player. That's not going to change much of how the draft is operated. I don't think most of what is going to happen in free agency is going to change much about what happens in the draft in the spring. I think Green Bay's focus is going to be on signing the best players that they can to reasonable deals. And we saw Brian Gudekinst is willing to overpay. Jimmy Graham was an overpay. Even in the moment that was an overpay, but they did it because they thought they were going to get an impact player. They were wrong. I think Brian Gudekinst is going to be willing again to overpay, to bring in talent because that's where this team is. This is where this, this team needs to add quality pieces. They have the salary cap space, and they're not going to sign a long-term deal in all likelihood that's going to cripple them. So they have the flexibility with, with very little money allocated for next year to go at it a little bit, to go and, and, and take some swings here. But even if, even if all they do is come out with three competent starters... Their team is better in 2019 than it was in 2018. Someone like Carpenter would be a huge upgrade over Justin McCray or Byron Bell. Someone like Marcus Golden, while he is not going to come in and give you 10, 11, 12 sacks, he is probably going to give you, at this point in their respective careers, more impact play-to-play than Clay Matthews or Nick Perry, frankly, because because you can't rely on Nick Perry. He's just not going to be healthy enough for long enough. And Trey Boston allows you to cut ties with Tremont Williams to save that money. I've, I've made this case before. You save about $5 million on the Tremont Williams deal if you cut him. Maybe they want to restructure to, to have him you know, be a backup or to play slot. I mean, I don't. there's a lot of different ways that they can go here. I think the most prudent decision is to cut him and either try and restructure and bring him back. You don't restructure. Once you cut him, you, you could just bring him back. On a smaller deal or ask him to restructure up front and say, well, if you don't, we're going to cut you. That would give Green Bay a lot of money. Now, the reason I brought up originally those names that are out there is they could be June 1 cuts, and there could be cuts in the summer and into August that you're not expecting, and you want Green Bay to have a cushion to go out and sign a Bashad Breland if you have to, and, and give him more money than Breland actually got. You want to actually have room to give literally Bashad Breland, the actual Bashad Breland, his money because he is someone that could help this team this year. Just signing a couple of quality starters, not game changers, not superstars. I know it's not sexy to talk about those things. And and fans wanna wanna fly off the handle and say if we don't get Earl Thomas, if if we don't get Anthony Barr or whoever, that it's a failure. And and Brian Gudekinst screwed up and and his he should be on the hot seat. Whatever. Maybe. 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 But the star strikeout offseason could still feature. Three people coming in, maybe and and if you're if you're not signing any big names, you could sign a number of players at multiple positions. You could sign a couple veteran outside linebackers, you could sign a couple veteran safeties, you could sign a couple veteran offensive linemen because you're not breaking the bank on any of them. You could trade for a Kevin Zeitler because the Browns want to play Austin Corbett. You got to have room on the cap to do that because Kevin Zeiler is due a lot of money in twenty nineteen and beyond. It would give them more flexibility. Now, I am not advocating that this is the preferred path. I am merely pointing out that this is a potential possibility, and if it is the outcome, and it is you know considered the worst case scenario outcome by a lot of fans, then it's not; it's still not a bad outcome in a vacuum because the team could still get better. They could still find ways to get better because bringing in those kinds of players would still improve this team from the one we saw in 2018. The reopening is right around the corner
2: and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut?
0: And he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league.
1: Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts.
0: If there is a way that that kind of free agency would change the Packers' approach to the draft, I think it would come at the tight end position. And the reason I say that is the Packers are picking up Jimmy Graham's roster bonus. He's going to be on this team next year. They could sign. Zach Cruz brought this up on Twitter last week. Someone like Levin Toilolo, who is in Atlanta with Matt LaFleur. He's a free agent. He would not cost a lot. He's a very good blocker. And if you put him on the field with Jimmy Graham at the same time, Jimmy Graham is really just a receiver. Toy Lolo can handle the blocking responsibilities. You don't need, if that's what you have, you could upgrade those spots, both of those spots, for sure. No question. But those are are serviceable guys. They're reasonable players. I'm not saying don't upgrade if you can. My point is, if you don't add big-time talent elsewhere, if you don't get a big-time safety, you don't get a big-time edge rusher, then there is a little bit more urgency when it comes to the draft at filling those holes. And I'm not saying reach for need. I need to make that clear at all times but you have a game plan going into the draft and you have guys on the board that you think can come in and impact your team in a very specific way. In some ways, going the cheap route and getting all just sort of lower level, uh middle class free agents that are solid, it opens you up to just say, we're going to do whatever. We-, we can draft any player we want. So maybe, maybe, that scenario actually opens them up at the tight end position to say, and well, we'll take TJ Hawkinson at 12 because we feel good about these other guys and we think he's the best player. We think he is the guy that uh, you know, over the over the course of his rookie contract is going to be the most impactful guy on our team. We think he's Rob Gronkowski, 2.0. So draft. If it were me, I would go the other way and say, okay, 12 really needs to be focused on the top blue chip player at a premium position that you can get. Is there a Jonah Williams there at 12? Is there a Ja'Kai Polite or a Montez Sweat or a Cleland Farrell there at 12? Is there a safety you like at 12? Do you like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson enough to go at 12? I, I don't but maybe they do. I don't think there's a safety there that's worth taking, but maybe they do. Premium. I mean, maybe there's a corner that they just love. Maybe Greedy Williams is that dude. Maybe Byron Murphy is that dude. We'll get to cornerback uh, at some point in these off-season report card series and, and have a discussion about the cornerbacks in this draft. But I think Green Bay has to look at 12 almost no matter what happens in free agency, but particularly in one of these scenarios, As we discussed with Andy Herman and Jack Webb for last week, the goal of any team-building exercise is to add the most really good players you can. And the idea is to maximize the amount of talent that those players have. Give me the blue chip and the red chip players, the guys that can come in and have serious impacts on your team, who can come in and immediately be... Here's a good example. In fantasy football, I always think about being able to draft players in your fantasy football draft that give you a positional advantage. If you draft Rob Gronkowski and he's healthy, you're going to win your matchup. If you draft a quarterback high, most weeks, you might win your matchup, but you might not because of of the scarcity at the position. There's plenty of quarterbacks. You draft a running back early, someone like Saquon Barkley this year, He might win you a week on his own. Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, those guys can win you weeks on their own. That is the value of top-tier talent. And so Green Bay may be sitting there if they strike out in free agency, and they may be saying, hey, you know what would be great? Josh Allen or and Williams or Nick Bosa. And they say, you know what? Here's 12 and here's 30. And we're coming up, and we're trying to get somebody. That could that could happen. It really could. Now I don't I don't think that's likely, but it's possible. What is really helpful for Green Bay though is this is a draft that for the holes on this roster sets up really nicely. So, to me, the only guy that makes sense for the Green Bay Packers offensive line wise to draft at twelve is Jonah Williams. He can play guard. He could be a right guard starter tomorrow for the next 10 years if he's healthy. No-brainer. He's he's a, he's a tackle. They love to take offensive tackles and, and make them guards. He can come in, and if you sign James Carpenter, James Carpenter can sign. You can compete at guard there and eventually become a tackler. You can say, Jonah Williams, you are our future right tackle, Jason Spriggs. I'm sorry. Or let Jason Spriggs compete at guard, whatever you want to do. But that position... He's a blue chip player. Jonah Williams is a blue chip player. If he's there, you take him. Any of those top pass rushers, to me, that group is polite, sweat, and feral. Not in that order necessarily, but those are the dudes pending the combine. I don't think the combine is going to change very much about that, but that's where we are. Those are potential blue chip players. And I think sweat and feral a little bit more than polite in terms of pure ability but in terms of translatability, what, who is going to immediately come into Green Bay's defense and eat? I think Polite is the best fit because of his experience as a stand up rusher, because of his twitch and his juice as a rusher. I just, I'm, I'm infatuated with the notion of retire moms in Green Bay, and there's a hashtag, and I'm into it. Then you look at 30, safety. Tight end. you Maybe you go guard there. Maybe you go offensive tackle. Dalton Reisner. There are other offensive linemen I think that could be in play at 30. Andre Dillard, who for my money is the best left pure left tackle in the draft. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah agrees. But Nasir Adderley, Jonathan Abram, Deontay Thompson. Maybe, maybe TJ Hawkinson is available there. Irv Smith Jr., Noah Fant. There are a ton of... Potential options to fill holes that are also high-quality players. Again, not reaching for need. Not reaching for need. Finding top-tier talent at premium positions. And then at 44, again, tight end options. There's offensive line options. There's safety options. Green Bay has three picks in the top 50 to add blue-chip talent. And they have gotten blue chip talent in the second round a ton over the course of really going back to the Ron Wolf era. But if you just look at the Ted Thompson drafts and the second round players they've been able to get, the day two players that they've been able to get, really, and and you think about Nick Collins, Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb. I mean, the, the ability to pick day two receivers is unrivaled in the NFL. Pittsburgh is the best receiver-drafting team in the league, but but Green Bay is probably a close second, and Ted Thompson's ability to draft receivers on day two unrivaled. They've been able to get really good players on day two. They have multiple fourth-round picks. If they want to get back into day two in that third round, they can do that, and with those two first-round picks, we know Kyler Murray is going to be desirable. We know Washington needs a quarterback. We think Miami has some interest in Kyler. There could be a trade down situation. You pick up an extra third. Green Bay with a full star strikeout in free agency could turn all of their attention on the draft to add blue chip talent and do it and do it. That is what is so great about the form that this offseason has taken in terms of the players available in free agency and the draft. Green Bay can strike out in free agency with their stars and still add stars in the draft. Now, I laid that all out for you because I think it's important to just be prepared. (laughs) You never know what's going to happen with with free agency. What, What I would contest, and I know we just spent, you know, what, 22, 23 minutes talking about all of this, Green Bay... All of the stuff I said about the draft is true no matter who they sign. They could sign Earl Thomas and Anthony Barr and Quentin Spain and still go into the draft and add two or three or four blue chip players. You still have to nail both. My The, the reason I thought this was interesting to go through is, is to say, look at all of the assets they have in the draft and the way that this draft class looks, even just Adding these baseline starters to their team, number one, makes them better. And then number two, puts them in a position to go into the draft and add young, cheap, potential top tier talent to their team. The sky is not falling if they strike out in free agency on the star players. It's not. Plenty of teams win Super Bowls without going out and spending big in free agency. The Saints just went to the NFC Championship game, hosted it without doing it. The Patriots did not go sign a bunch of dudes to go win the Super Bowl. I know the Rams did, but the Rams also lost. And the Rams don't have Aaron Rodgers. So uh, this is, in some ways, it's a primer. It's to prepare you to say, okay, well, even if Earl Thomas, on on those tampering days, there's reports Earl Thomas is going to sign in Dallas and you know, all of the edge rushers are staying, blah, 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 you'll know, okay, the sky's not falling. The off season is not over. There are still quality mid-level and, and what we'll call entry-level free agents. And the Packers still have a ton of ammunition, three top 50 picks and a boatload of picks overall to go bolster this team, they're going to have the opportunity to make this team better. And the way this group of players is formed, the safeties, the edge rushers, the guards, the tight ends, the Packers can come out of this offseason with a host of blue chip talent to make a run this season. In 2019, this offseason is set up for them to add pieces at the right positions to get back to contending for Super Bowls. All right, we'll be back tomorrow, four days this week, Monday through Thursday. Jason Hershorn going to be on the show later in the week. Uh, Hopefully, John Yet Ledyard going to be on the show later in the week. Uh, He's going to be calling in from Indianapolis, so uh, scheduling-wise, hopefully, we can make that work. If not, we'll we'll get him on closer to the draft, so get excited for all of that. We appreciate you listening in. You guys really liked the show with Herman and, and Jack, so uh, maybe find we can find more opportunities to to do stuff like that. It was fun. And that's what the offseason is for. Uh, we want to have fun all the time here. We want to have fun and and bring you a show that's imp- informative and entertaining. And so anytime we can we can open up those kinds of opportunities, we're going to try and take them. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Packers. Like us on Facebook. It helps us out. It helps other people see what we're doing because Facebook's going to push that into their timeline, whether you like it or not. They are, and hopefully they can they can find our community here. and And I really appreciate the audience and and what we've built here. So let's keep building it. And speaking of building it, subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, wherever you find podcasts. You'll find Locked On Packers. And you remember what day it is, right? It's make make a friend Monday. So go make a friend. Tell them to find Locked On Packers, to get Locked On Packers, to stay Locked On Packers because you know that if they're a Packer fan, they could use this show in their life just a little bit. Maybe not a lot, maybe a little. You want to parachute in and listen to one episode here, one episode there? Great, do that. I would love for you to listen to every single one, but if you want to come in and come out of the offseason and listen to only the ones you want to do, we're on-demand radio, folks. That is the beauty of podcasts, so do that. But make a friend, Let them know about Locked On Packers and let's grow the tent. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920 341 3775 to stay Locked On Packers.
1: Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now?